Are you loving our journey together? Then you'll definitely enjoy the Podcast Connection Network alongside Hunter Allen of Everything is Connected and Heather Harrington from Hot Mess Espresso. We're bringing a rich mix of stories and insights. Each show adds its own flavor to our vibrant network. Dive in and explore. Your next podcast obsession is waiting. Join us in this ever-growing community of authentic voices. The link is in my link tree or in the description of this episode. The content provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The intention of the host and guests is to spread love and awareness. Always seek the advice of your physician or trusted healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard in this podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Connection Over Perfection podcast. I am Amber McRae, your therapeutic nutritionist and host. Join me on a holistic healing journey where we explore the power of nutrition and connection for your overall well-being, where we embrace connection over perfection. Hey, amazing souls. Welcome back to Connection Over Perfection. I am Amber McCray, your host, and I'm super excited to have a heart-to-heart today with this lovely guest, Jessica Sosin, an incredibly talented associate marriage and family therapist who's redefining the way we think about relationships and healing. Jessica's journey is something out of a storybook. Imagine this, a young, curious mind at UC San Diego diving deep into the mysteries of human behavior. But that's just the beginning. Jessica didn't just study people, she felt their stories, saw the unspoken truths hiding in plain sight. So fast forward through years of soul searching, body work, and transformative dive into counseling psychology, and here she is, a beacon of hope for couples everywhere. Her approach, fill in the gaps, isn't just a method. It's a mantra for all of us seeking deeper and more authentic connections. We met through a mutual friend of had little chats about our healing and our work, and I knew immediately that there was so much more to explore. This episode is that opportunity for me and for all of you, to really dive in and get to know her better. So grab a cup of tea, get cozy, and let's unravel the magic of mindfulness, the power of somatics, and the beauty of raw, real relationships. Jessica, welcome. We are so honored to have you here today with us. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for the nice, welcoming introduction. Oh, yes. It's one of my favorite parts. (laughs) So, Jessica... What inspired your transition from psychology studies to becoming a therapist specializing in mindfulness and couples counseling? Yeah, so I think it's taken a long kind of twisty, windy road. I think I always, from a young age, was interested in human behavior and relationships. And I think I would see things that were sort of under the surface that people didn't seem to notice. I would see the nuances of kind of what people were saying behind what they were saying, or I would see what people were saying with their body language. I don't know. I seem to have this affinity for kind of noticing things that sometimes other people didn't seem to notice or that I couldn't tell that other people noticed. And then I think I kind of got absorbed into life, regular life, and kind of forgot mostly about it. I was a dancer throughout high school, and I got pretty um, 
you know, into college life and just kind of all of that. But I think it was always there, that sort of curiosity and interest in sort of human behavior and kind of what's deeper and beneath the surface. So I did do my BA in psychology and was totally fascinated, like psychology 101, took my first course and was like, totally like, oh my God, this is, I would like say to all my roommates, like, they're like, we're trying to study. And I'd be like, no, you have to like, listen to this. <laughs> I was so interested in it. So, um, and then post-college, I kind of fell into my own therapy journey. And that was really the beginning of my own kind of deep dive into like, who am I and what do I want out of life? And what is this thing called life? And how do I make decisions for myself? And like, just a lot of questions. Um, so I took a pretty big deep dive into my own sort of world, my own journey. Um, and yeah, just spent many years and or several years, I should say, in therapy and doing kind of meditation retreats. And and then I think I came out the other side of that pretty like excited to help other people and sort of excited about like what I what I'd learned about humans and felt like I'd learned a lot about humans. Um, and then, you know, as life does, like the pandemic, and I mean there's always stuff to like there's always stuff being thrown at us. But I'd say kind of amidst post-pandemic life, during pandemic, I think I was still able to find a way to kind of help people. And I and my specialties started to come out in their own way. Like I started to really notice what parts of counseling I was good at. And I really started like working with couples. And I think part of what I love working with couples is that when I'm with two people in the same space, I can sort of track their body language and try to help them figure out like, what is this person saying and what are they trying to tell their partner? And is their partner able to hear them and actually like read their body language or are they, cause often we're so in our own world that we can't like that gets in the way. Right. But I think that's as a therapist, you, that's sort of what you're, what you're looking for. So then I can try to help them. Well, did you hear what he just said? Or this is what he's trying to say. And try, so it's like, how do we help people understand, like, we all have these nuanced worlds inside of us, right? So I think just trying to help people, like, understand what that is and what they're trying to communicate. That's kind of a long answer to your question. but No, that's perfect. I absolutely love that. And what I think I hear you saying is that you've just been really fascinated and you've found that you are really good at, like you said, being able to read between the lines or just get a sense of what people are trying to say when they don't have the words. Yeah. So really being able to come up with the words for people. And especially like you said, in these, these couples counseling session, you're really able to be attuned with them and read their body language and help them find words when they don't really have words. Yeah, exactly. Like sometimes it's almost like being a translator in a way, you know? Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. Because it's like, yeah, people people don't have all those skills. Like I've spent years studying this stuff and practicing and learning and practicing on myself and practicing other people. So it's like people don't always have that those that language, you know, it really is kind of a language. It is. And I think that that's, uh, I don't know about for you, the very intuitive part of therapy in just being able to feel your way through almost what people's emotions, what they're saying and being able to 
take Mm -hmm. that in and then, like you said, a whole different language, translate it into something that they can digest and understand. Yeah. It's like alchemy. Yeah. Like I was going to say, that's where the creativity really comes in. And that's part of what I love about it is like, I find these things, it's very creative. And like when I'm in a session, I start to like pick up stuff. It's sort of like I'm watching and I'm listening and I start picking up things and I start pulling them out, you know, and then I kind of regurgitate them back out. Like, oh, that's what you're saying. And then sometimes they're like, oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they don't even really know because we're sort of complex beings, you know, so. And I think sometimes that's where the sort of somatic piece or mindfulness piece comes in because it's not just our thoughts. Like our thoughts is part of it, but it's our body language. Mm -hmm. It's our expression. It's our so I don't want to use the word somatic sometimes it's like where are you feeling that or how are you feeling Mm -hmm. that or what does that look like does it have a shape does it have a color like you can kind of help use these different like languages to express what we're experiencing not just like a one-dimensional kind of thing I love that I love that you say that it's this like multi-dimensional like you said it can like colors what does that look like what does that feel like and I think that that's again, really cool and where, like you were saying, that creativity comes in and and really taking therapy and healing where most people, it is one dimensional. It's mm-hmm. these words, all these words, 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 and where mm-hmm. you can take it and transform it into what does that feel like? Mm-hmm. And it feels different. It's a different experience. And I absolutely love that. I, I think that that's so fascinating. And I think that that gives... Um, that gives life a different life mm. to the healing journey. Yeah, it gives like a dimensionality to it. I think. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Um, and also with that, you know, you were talking about somatics and because when somebody says something, they don't even consciously know what's happening sometimes with their body or their eyes or their shoulders. So they mm. can say, Oh, like I'm ha- I'm happy, you know, but then you're like, you, you say that you're happy, but your body says it might not be what's going on with that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and just being able to, and a lot of times people don't even, they're like, Oh, I didn't even know I did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that that's so cool. And it, it is a, a, a different language, like you said. Mm-hmm. So thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. Yeah. We could talk about that for hours, like yeah. you know, on a psychology level. It's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. It is fascinating. Um, So kind of along those lines, you know, your in your work, you mentioned that fill in the gaps for clear communication. Can you share some strategies or insights, you know, from your practice that our listeners could maybe apply or try to improve their communication with loved ones? Yeah, you know, a lot of it, this is making me think more about like a lot of it comes down to like willingness and vulnerability and how much of that is there. Cause I work with so many different types of people, like individuals and couples. And sometimes like I'll notice with a couple, like one cup, one half of the couple, there's so much willingness, so much vulnerability, so much like excitement to do this process. And then maybe the other half there's not. So then I have to really look at like, what's stopping that person or how do I communicate with that person in a more like gentle way so that I'm not pushing them over that. So there's a lot going on in the, in the room, especially when I work with couples. I mean, there's a, there's a lot with one individual, but a lot more with a couple, which is part of why I love it. Cause it's so dynamic. It's also very challenging. So like, 
sometimes I, I'll, I'll work with, you know, this is just totally one example, right? There's a million different ways, but like I have a person right now who is like a theater background. So I'm like, well, how do we use that to help you communicate? So well, they're used to like acting, you know? So sometimes we'll play with that arena. Like, what is it like to act out something you're trying to communicate? And we might do something with like body language in that way. Like, what is it like to move forward? What is it, to, you know, like towards your partner? What is it like to pull away? Sometimes I'll play with that. Like even over Zoom, I'll play with that. Like I'll move my chair like back if I sense that like somebody needs space and I'm too close to them. And then maybe they're able to speak something that they didn't feel like they could speak because now there's more space from them because I'm back here and then I can like receive something they're, they're saying. So it's so dynamic and creative. There's like a million different ways to play with like what I call fill in the gaps. And what I, what I mean by fill in the gaps really is just helping the parts of communication that are getting lost and kind of dropped. And so then when they're dropped, We've lost the, the thread. We don't know what where we are. What were we trying to say? What was this person trying to say? So I'll often try to like pick it up again. Uh, so that's what I mean by fill in the gap. So we can we can have more of this um, through line, you know, more of this connection rather than like uh, where we're just missing huge chunks of the other person or ourselves. So that's super cool. And I just want to make sure that I'm understanding and, and the listeners are, can grasp it. Is that, are you saying that you use different modalities based on the individual person to try to help them give language yeah. to what they're trying to say exactly. in order to be able to communicate and things aren't being lost, like you said? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll try to tune in like, who is this person? Like when I get a new client or I have a consultation, I'm trying to figure out who is this person? I want it to me when I say, who is this person? I'm not just looking at the words they wrote, like they're reaching out for therapy, let's say. So I'm actually, who is this person in myself? And then I start looking and watching and then I might pull things like, oh, wow, they have a theater background. That's interesting. So maybe they, you know, it's just a, something to work with. So I might act, ask them about that. Like, is that how you, is that one way you might communicate? You know, so it's like, I'm trying to figure out who is this person? How do I connect to them? And how do they show up in the world in a way that they can communicate who they are? I love that. I love that you have taken something that has been around for so long and that also can be very blanketed and made it very personal mm -hmm. and really catered it to each individual that you work with. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I love that. That's so beautiful and major kudos because that's not easy. And that is a lot of time and energy yeah. and work in, in each of your clients really being able to understand and really be able to see them, which I, I think creates safety in itself when they are coming to you. Yeah. And when that safety is established, they're, you know, more likely to be vulnerable and yeah. open up and. Yeah. And, and true. And I think that's sort of my gift, you know, I think that's what I do well and it's not easy. And like, I, you know, use all those self-care tools and make sure, I'm, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, and I'm still learning all the time. So sometimes I'll miss people. Like if they're really, 
intricate client or I'm having like, I sometimes I have clients and I'm still learning them. Like, yeah, I, I've been doing this a long time and I'm intuitive so I can pick things up quick, but it doesn't mean that I always know everything or it doesn't mean that I always get it right every time, right? Sometimes I miss somebody and then I'm like, oh, that's not what you were saying. Can you try to articulate what you were saying? Like sometimes, I mean, we could go off on a million tangents, but that's where the sort of rupture, I don't know if you're familiar with rupture and repair. That's a big term in the counseling world because sometimes there's a rupture. We miss, mm-hmm. we don't understand, right? And then, it, and then right. we have to come back and sort of repair. So that's, anyways, we can go off on a million tangents. No, yeah. Well, and that's, um, I don't know, like what you do, that's like the checking in. Is that how you're feeling? You know, and then yeah. that gives them an opportunity to to say, hey, yeah, or no, we kind of missed the mark. And then you just, you circle back, you start over. You're like, okay, let's, you know, let's see where we missed this. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Was it after COVID that you really said that you found like your gift, you kind of settled into your gift? No, I mean, I think that it's been going on for 20 years, but I think that I mean, it's been 20 years since I've been in this arena in some way or the other, whether it's like, I mean, I worked with teenagers in a counseling um, and as a residential counselor, like right out of college. And then I, and then I became a massage therapist, but I worked with like healing modalities with massage, something called Rosen method. So it's like deeper, like, so I've been doing this for 20 years, but I think it's that it's always changing shape and form. And there was something about COVID and the pandemic that like, brought things on zoom and that's that's had its drawbacks but it's also had its um perks as well because i'm able to like be in my own space and then somehow when i'm like working with somebody it's it's different it's it's like i guess it's just that it's always unfolding in a new way or i'm learning things about my own work or that i'm learning things about my own specialties that kind of always like changing shape a little bit if that makes sense I don't know if it's yeah I think I hear you saying that really it's an accumulation yeah just all the things that you've been through all the different experiences and and like you said like with COVID it really changed the dynamic of the counseling sessions which gave you something new to work yeah. with maybe different, and yeah. so just yeah finding different things or ways to be able to be attuned because you're not in that energy you're not in their space yeah, exactly. and so finding different ways to really connect with them and, and be attuned is that close yeah and it, yeah I think that's true and also like because I'm pretty energetically sensitive and I think I've gotten more energetically sensitive doing this work, which I don't know if that's always a good thing for me. So it's kind of like there's this balance, but there's something about like being in my own space and working over the screen that kind of allows me to like keep my energy over Mm. here while I can still really see the other person. So I think in some ways it works well. Sometimes I miss working in person and I, I am actually starting to go back to work in person more, but it's just interesting how the different modalities, I would imagine like somebody who's an artist who like either does painting or who does drawing, like there's these different ways to do it. Right. 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 So, and and yeah. that is what I love hearing from you is that you've just combined all these different modalities to work with the individual. And I, I just, I think that that's super beautiful. So mm-hmm. how do you find mindfulness and somatics? How do you find that those contribute to a deeper connection with ourselves and others. Yeah. So 
my own sort of journey and life process has included periods of meditation and even like in my 20s I would do these like five night silent retreats mm. which were like pretty like you know you're really just it's kind of nice in a way because you get a break from like the world and you're just really like focused here I mean it can be a lot if you if you have trouble spending that much time with yourself but like that sounds lovely right now I'll take one of those please <laughs> yeah yeah totally so I think like that naturally I sort of incorporate that into my work. So like I'll help people, I don't know, it can look different ways depending on the client. Like sometimes it might be like halfway through session. If I notice that, that somebody is really getting like activated or their energy is getting really out here, we might take like a two minute pause and like do a little meditation and just slow down, like come back into the body. And when I use the term mindfulness to me, that's just helping people become more aware of themselves like what is your hand doing right now like how is your breath like what are you feeling I mean that's really mindfulness right like people people some people have tons of awareness and other people don't everybody's in a different way around that right so some people are super aware of themselves which can be a good thing or a bad thing right <laughs> yeah so I think that just because I've, I have like a background in that, that it kind of naturally like makes its way into my work, I think. That's awesome. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, what I'm hearing you say is that, again, it just goes back to that individual and really being attuned with them and knowing, hey, I sense that they're, you know, becoming elevated or, you know, let's, let's take a few deep breaths or just being aware of their body. And like you said, knowing your client, knowing who you're working with, is this something that's comfortable for this person? Some people that can cause a lot of um, anxiety. And so knowing that and yeah. being able to navigate that. So that's what you're saying, right? It's just yeah. really being attuned with the client and the yeah. person and knowing right. when to use what. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not going to push somebody who has like, no meditation practice, I'm not going to be like, okay, your homework is to meditate an hour right. a day. Like that just wouldn't make any <laughs> right. sense. Right. But if I have somebody that has like no meditation experience, but they want to learn it, I'll tell them to start with five minutes a day, right. you know? So it's sort of like trying to meet them where they're at and then just see beyond, see a possibility beyond where they're at, just even 1% different. So I can guide them towards that you know so that that's that's the fun part of my work is like getting to watch people grow I mean I've, I've had clients who I've had for five plus years and I've watched them like transform or I watched them turn into like more mature grounded open versions mm. of themselves so in talking about somatics can you tell us a little bit more on the benefits of really being in tune with your body and the, how that helps in therapy yeah I mean, that's a, that's kind of an intricate, intricate question. I think I feel like there's so many ways, but I think, I think being in tune with our body, I mean, I do think sometimes it can be a double-edged sword because there's that, that sort of ignorance is bliss. Like sometimes if we're unattuned, we feel like we can just go through life and it's like, we don't feel anything. So right. it's like easier in <laughs> yeah. a way. So I think that sometimes we get, you know, if we get too, if we get too in tuned or too focused on it then it can get in our way. So I think there's a balance between like knowing our bodies, what are its limits? Like, what is it, what, what can we, what do we feed it? What is it like to receive? How much sleep does it need? What do we, you know, like, I think everybody's a little bit different, right? So I think there's some benefits that can come with 
knowing ourselves, you know, and knowing our bodies and being able to be in tune with them. Um, and then sometimes it can be too much if we spend too much time in there and then we got to get out and like get out of our heads and <laughs> focus on something else, you know, but I think in therapy, I think what helps me the most as a therapist, and I think mainly working with couples, but also with individuals, but more with couples is that I feel like I'm able to see what's kind of going on beneath the surface. Like I can almost see where they're holding things in their body, or I can see how they're using their body to express themselves or not. And then I can try to help them like fill in the gap. Like I can help them communicate something to somebody else that like, I can see that they're trying to do somehow with their body, but they're either not able to fully do it or the person's not able to see it or receive it. And so that's, that's where it comes in handy for me and mm. my work. If that makes sense. Yeah. And, and do you think that in working with people who have really become like disconnected with themselves, say they've gone through something really traumatic, usually, you know, a sexual trauma has had people disassociate and really, you know, be disconnected from their body. Do you find that somatics and really having them, you know, recognize where do you feel that in your body is also a really good tool in helping people reconnect yeah. back to themselves. Yeah. And just as a way of grounding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I'm working, I mean, I've worked a fair amount with trauma and trauma work. I mean, some like not less, I think over Zoom or less during the pandemic, but um somatics and connecting to the body is a big part of trauma work. And if somebody's really dissociated, you have to bring them back, but you have to do it really carefully and really gently because you don't want to re-traumatize them or totally overwhelm them. So like um, if I'm working with somebody who's quite dissociated, then it's a multi-layered process of trying to help them come back. I have to know their psychology and their history, and I have to try to help them orient back towards the body and towards the present moment, but in a way that they feel like it's like tolerable. So like little kind of bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Those baby steps and really being, that's where that, that intuitive and being attuned to the person that you're working with and being able to watch, the, watch their somatics, right? Watch what's happening with their body, yeah. it, you know, is what I'm talking to them about. Is it bringing them up? Is it calming them down, you know, and really just right. being able to read that and understand that. Yeah. And I think that this is yeah. really good. And I really want to you know, highlight this for the listeners is that so many people are hungry to find a modality that works across the board. And, mm. you know, I don't know if you agree, I'd love to hear your thoughts, but I do not believe that there is one modality that is just going to work across the board. And it's really finding no. what works for you in that moment. And that is going to yeah. change. And like you said, over your years, finding all these different modalities for yourself and then being able to have this toolkit. And I think that that's really what it's about. What are your thoughts? I do too. And it can make it hard because I get it. Like people want to know, like even for myself, I've, you know, I've, I've worked, had some difficult health um, challenges that have come into my life the last few years, like well after my own sort of therapeutic journey. And it was like, what is this? Like, I, I understand psychology, but I don't, I don't know that much about like health or, I mean, I know about health, but I don't know about like, like some of these nuances of weird viruses and things that we can. So like, and, and so in, in my own navigation with that, which is still kind of coming and going from my life, 
there's there's it's mysterious sometimes like why things come into our field or into our realms and i absolutely agree that there's no one i mean sometimes i wish there was but there's no one way and there's no one modality and sometimes you have to try a lot of modalities and sometimes you have to know when to when to let go and just surrender and just rest and like watch Netflix, you know, but I, I mean, I think that it's, it's amazing that there's so many tools out there. And at the same time, it's true. It's like, they're, they, they all can have their time and place, but it's really knowing like when that is. And it's, it's not easy. It's, it's not an easy thing. So I have a lot of compassion for, I mean, being a human. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and and I yeah. love that you said that that um, you know, knowing when to rest and just watch Netflix and chill. And I think that there are so many people on this healing journey, and I think I definitely experienced that. You can have healing burnout. You can yeah, absolutely. You can have it, especially if you like go on social media and you see stuff everywhere. And I'm just like, oh my god, I need a break from this. Right. Like, it's it's it can be too much. And and I I mean, I love that there's so much awareness these days, and there's so many healers, and there's so much out there. I think it's wonderful, and it, even that can be totally overwhelming. So I think like sometimes we need to take a break from all of it. You know. Yes, I definitely agree. And for me, I think also too, it's just. So many people, they are so hungry to heal that they also maybe cling on to one modality or don't know a direction. And I think Mm. that it's so important to remind people to really take that mindfulness, take that time to just be still and like, Hey, what is good for me in this moment right Mm -hmm. now? Not anybody else, not like you said, not anybody else on social media, because there's going to, you're going to be flooded with, with amazing tools, amazing people, amazing healers, all of these things. And then you can't listen to yourself. Exactly. You you don't know how to listen to yourself. Right. Exactly. And so that's what I was trying to like, kind of get back to. And that kind of goes back to somatics. Like, what do you feel about these things? You know, and it just because it can be a really good modality, it, it may not resonate with you. And if you get this, you know, not right now, you know, it doesn't mean that it's not a great modality or that it's a great person. Right. No. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're discarding something. It just means it's not right for you right then. Right. That's, that's all that it means. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it doesn't mean that something's wrong with it or something's bad with it. It just means it's not right for you in that moment. Right. And I think that that's so huge. And I think that that's that part of that mindfulness and that, you know, that somatics that we were talking about and really this work is very individualized and I, I love that you do that. And I love that you mentioned that because it's working with the whole person. It's you, you have to find what works for you. And then also find someone who, if you are going to work with a coach, if you are going to work with a therapist, if you are going to work with a counselor, find somebody who is going to see you as a whole. I think yeah. that's so important. And I, I love that you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, I, I think of I think that resonance is a big important thing, you know. Yes. And yeah, being able to resonate with something or someone or some aspect of it or something about it, there has to be some resonance, or it's just not going to go anywhere. It's not going to land anywhere, you know. Yeah, I love that so. you brought that up, and it, I was having a conversation uh, with my mom and then some other people about you know people who are looking for 
a therapist or a counselor or a coach, they feel obligated when they reach out that they have to stay with them, even if it doesn't resonate. And Mm -hmm. as a therapist, um, how do you feel about that? Yeah. So I always tell people during the consultation that there's no, I, I, I tell them that the, the journey, the therapeutic journey is a process mm. and it's a collaboration between me and them and that there's no one way to do it. I've had people that come for a few sessions and it doesn't feel like a fit and then they go. Like, I don't want them to stay if it doesn't feel like a fit. And usually I can tell if it doesn't feel like a fit and sometimes I'll even refer them to somebody else because usually if it's not a fit for them, it, it may not be a fit for me. I mean, sometimes there's things that are a little tricky and take some time and then, okay, now maybe we're in a groove, but there's other times that it's just not, you know? And so I, I sort of let, I try to take, I, you know, I'm not perfect, like, it's not, but I try to take my hands off the wheel as much as possible and let things unfold of their own accord. It's hard. Sometimes I notice myself, oh, I really like this mm-hmm. client. I really want to work with them or something, you know? And then, but it's like, I try to let the process itself take its own course, you know, and some, and I've had clients come and go. Like sometimes I've had clients, clients work for six months and then be like, I need a break. And then maybe they'll come back in this, in another six months, or maybe they want to work with a different modality. I had a client who came for about a year and then she discovered that she was like really drawn towards acupuncture. And she actually started going to school for that and then exploring that. And that became where her focus went. So like, I love to watch people's natural way of unfolding. And I try to like co-collaborate in that journey and be along for the ride. And then if it's not a right fit, then it'll take a different turn and that's okay too. Like there's always clients come and go, you know? So it's like, it's not like when somebody leaves, it doesn't mean like usually there, I have another client in my inbox. So it's like, you know what I mean? And then like, if, if there's slow periods, like sometimes my practice need, like I'll need to, you know, it has its own organic way, I think, if I'm able to let it. Yeah, I I love that. So what I, I think I hear you saying is that you really try to honor, um, the person that you're working with and yourself. And so in that really just recognizing that they're on this journey and you understand because you're on this journey as well and healing and yourself. So you know, the importance of just that things might change and that they might not stay and really just giving them that permission and not that, that expectation and, and giving them, the understanding of, Hey, I'm here for you on this journey. If you want me, if not, I'm still going to cheer you on and I still want to see you succeed. And I, and I love that. And and you mentioned that, you know, perfection and wanting it to always go a certain way, but you know, that the ebb and flow of life doesn't happen that way. And so you really try to honor that for yourself too. And like you said, usually when it's not a good fit for the client, that usually means not a good fit for you and trying to just honor that. And so do you have a, a story or an experience, you know, from your own journey that kind of illustrates that power of connection over perfection per se? Yeah. I mean, I love that title, first of all, and, and maybe this is a good time to say this because it's been in my mind, but going back to when we met, I remember meeting you, you know, at some of those gatherings and kind of know, like, I was like, this is a woman that has some 
self-awareness, some curiosity, <laughs> some insight. Like, I think I could feel that about mm -hmm. you right away, you know? And I loved that title when I noticed you coming out with that connection over perfection because I love that because it's like, there is no perfection. I mean, it's sort of like we're all different beings. Even if we find somebody who has like the same values and the same raised in the same town or who knows, like we're all different, right? So it's like, and which is part of what makes life interesting, but can also make it challenging. So I think like we're striving to connect and feel like a togetherness without that sort of um, pressure to be like, oh, yes. I have to be this way. Well, what if I'm not that way? <laughs> then what do yes. I do? You know? Yeah. So I think that exactly. you know, I really love that title that you've chosen for your work. I think it's such a beautiful... Just it's just a beautiful way to try to live, really. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's definitely experience where I'm like, okay, I can't be perfect and I really would rather have this connection than trying exactly. to be perfect because you know, yeah. fuck perfect. It doesn't yeah. exist, but yeah. <laughs> in our heads yeah. don't we try like, to make it yeah. exist. And I yeah. And I tell my clients it's a lot. And, but I think some of it, some of it just comes with age. It's like, I'm in my forties. Like when we're in our twenties, our friendships are a mess and like everybody's right. mad at everyone, you know? And it's like, there's something about being in your forties that I notice across the board that there's so much more freedom for people to just be how they're, they are. And there's so much more maturity and like people have more language and more skills just in general. That's like what I notice, whether they're a therapist or not, because they've lived right. longer, you know? Um, but I try to tell my clients, clients like I have a you know some clients who are in their 20s I'm like yeah I remember I remember that you know it's hard so yeah I think a lot of that comes with expectations just learning about expectations and learning to kind of like let those go and I think like you said you know in our 40s we fucked up a lot. And so we have more grace for one another. We're like, oh yeah, yeah, we know what it feels like to be in that spot. And, you know, we know what it feels like to not really have time to reach out, but I still love you, you know, so that yeah. grace and that yeah. understanding. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How have you found that phrase connection over perfection to be valuable on your own healing journey? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think and you you kind of just said it, but I think there's a lot of letting go of expectations that have happened for me over the years, you know, expectations of life, expectations of people, expectations of life turning out one way or the other. There's had to be so much letting go. And I think like for me, like developing like some health challenges, like after, you know, I went through this really intense therapy journey and then I felt like I was this really solid, really strong person. And then I got sick with like some health stuff and that totally changed the chorus of things. And so there's, there's, it's like, it's, there's so much letting go, like what are like living life on life's terms rather than on my terms. And it's hard. It's hard. Right. It's still a daily practice. It's not like I've just all of a sudden just let go one day and then it was just smooth sailing. It's like a constant right. practice. Like, can I, what does it mean to let go today? I think it's a, I think it's a, a process of, and you mentioned this before too, but it's a process of listening like to my own body and even my own body. Like once I developed health stuff, it sends some strange signals that I don't always understand, right? So like listening to my own body and also like trying to let go. And it's it's not easy to sort of ride the waves of this life, but I find that resisting it usually causes more pain. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. And and I love that you mentioned that there was a few things that you said that really hit home. And one that I'm really learning is about anchoring through the storm. And that really is, you know, talking about being mindful and, and using those somatics and life is always going to be hitting us and really being able to um, use our tools to to be in it because we can't make them go away. You've been doing this for over 20 years. I've been on my healing journey for over 10, you know, and it's, we are here to say that this doesn't go away and that's yeah. not what this journey is about. It's not, we're never going to be healed. We are healing. Right. Yeah. And so to really be able to, to um, just acknowledge what's happening to us and being aware and like, you know, right now I, I'm, I'm sensing, you know, lots of feelings of being anxious. I'm noticing that anxious feelings are coming up for me. You know, what's happening? I love asking questions, asking, you know, what's happening for me, right? Where do I feel this in my body? What's coming up? All these questions and being able to just, um, for a lack of better terms, to anchor through those storms because those storms are always going to be hitting Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you just like fix it and then you're healed and then you just move on and you never have another challenge in life. I don't think that's how it works. Unfortunately, I don't think we've tried. If if it was, that's, we would have already figured it out. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And I think that that's the other thing is just a really good reminder is because, you know, I know that um, there's a lot of listeners with all different, they're in all different seasons of their healing journey. And one thing that I found even for myself, that's frustrating is like, shit, I'm back here again. It feels like Mm -hmm. I'm at square one and that can be really frustrating and really scary and really disappointing and discouraging. And what would you say to those people on their healing journey that are feeling that? Yeah. I mean, that's a hard one. I feel I've felt that often myself, like especially in the last like handful of years with some health challenges. It doesn't seem like no matter what I do and I still wake up and like I eat a food and I have a reaction or just like stomach stuff or different. It's really frustrating and it's really it can be really discouraging. And I think like. I don't know, just to know that like we're not alone in that and there's That's so many others say. there's so many others out there in like similar situations and the same situations. And I think I think for me that that's been the last handful of years, my focus has shifted some from the personal to the kind of the collective and I kind of look at like, wow, what's good what's up with the planet? Like, I mean, what like the planet is kind of a mess. <laughs> like you know, like I mean there's there's a lot of beautiful things on the planet, but there's a lot of strife on the planet. And so I think some of that we feel that mirrored in our bodies. Like is the food we're eating clean? I don't know. Like is the you know, like there's so much going on in the planet. And so I think it, it helps me while, while I think that can be a hard recognition, I think it helps me not take it so personally sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. like, I think it's like to just to know that you're not alone and that like, there's so many people that going through difficult seasons, you know, and I, I mean, I, I think if you're, I'm pretty extroverted. So I think I've been able to create a lot of community around, you know, healing and that's been really supportive. And I would just encourage people to like, find community, reach out, like 
find people that they resonate with or that going through similar things. Cause like, I do think like too much isolation can be really detrimental. So. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. And I was thinking exactly the same lines is that we're not alone. You guys are not alone. You know, we are all on this healing journey together. And I think that that's, you know, one huge thing that I've really have seen a shift is that people are more coming together as a collective where we've been so programmed to be independent. Um, There's so many people really working to become interdependent where we need ourselves and we need each other and finding that balance. And so I think that that's so important. Like you said, finding community, finding safe people where, you know, you don't have those expectations and you don't feel judged and you could just be you that's so freeing and like you said really being able to you know take a step back and see because we can get I think this kind of circles back to what you were saying if we're we're too much in ourselves you know too Mm -hmm. much of a good thing is not good anymore it's not good I mean I live in a small space and like I have to get out every day like I try I get out for a walk I try to get out into nature I try to get out and move my body or go for a drive or just like because it's it can feel like too much if you're just like too much in your own space and too much in your own head and what whatnot, you know? So I think it's, it's important to move our energy too, you know? Yeah. That's a whole different podcast. Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> we'll save that for Moving next our, time. I'm writing that down right now. Um, that's another thing I love on the podcast is usually through conversation. I'm like, oh, okay, that's our next, next episode. Next topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. And so, yeah, I definitely agree that, you know, it's, it's really good to be within yourself, but again, taking that step back because we can become too self-focused <laughs> like that victim mentality as well. And we can get too focused on what's happening to us. Yeah. Um, And we're not able to step out and see that, hey, this is happening to so many also. That doesn't negate what's happening to us, but it just gives us different perspectives. I agree with that. Yeah. And it gives us an opportunity to talk to other people who are going through it and maybe get, you know, get some validation. Yeah. Because sometimes it's hard to always validate yourself. And I think that it it's really important to have community and have other people that validate you, you know, yeah, and give you that. Sure. And then you learn other tools yeah. and then you meet other people and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you laugh and you do things. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to be seen and we need to have connection and we need to not feel alone in it. And I think it's like really helpful to have others on the journey. Yeah, definitely. Jessica, thank you so much. We appreciate your knowledge and just coming on here and sharing. And now we look forward to connecting and having another episode about moving our energy with you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that'll be part two. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) So thank you so much, Jessica. Yeah, thank you so much. This is great. Great to be with you.